WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD, the South Shores radio station and uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a good program today. We're going to we're going to learn a lot. With us on the phone is Mike Quincy of Consumer Reports, and uh, he has uh, you know I'm sitting here with the with the 2023 auto issue, and I think this, in my opinion, is probably one of the most popular issues that come out. Mike, good morning, and welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. So, am I right? Is the is this issue one of the most popular issues? Absolutely. I mean, some people become subscribers to Consumer Reports just to get the April issue. And I know we're all going digital with our with our tablets and our phones, but there actually still is a market for paper magazines. And uh, people like to laugh about a newsstand. Yes, there are still newsstands. And yes, we still sell single-issue uh, copies of Consumer Reports' April issue, which is all about cars. So, uh, listen, I'm, I'm all for, for modern technology, but I'm also glad that paper isn't dead. Yeah, me me as well. Considering I write for about six different newspapers, so that'd be that'd be good. Plus, uh, you know, plus AAA's publication. So it is nice that there there still are people that kind of like the tactile feel of flipping through a magazine, and that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And um, you know, I think this one's pretty jam packed with a lot of real interesting stuff. You know, everything from. You know, will an electric car save you money to, you know, say no to some things at car dealerships? And, of course, there's always the uh, the best and worst list, which I think is uh, one of the one of the most fascinating parts of things to look at. You know, which are which are some of the best cars to buy? Which are some that maybe you don't want to? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that really separates Consumer Reports from a lot of other automotive publishers, and and that is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna tell you what's good, but we're also gonna tell you what what isn't so good. And being that Consumer Reports is independent, we don't take advertising. We really can give the lay down, the lowdown on on all makes and models, including the ones that you should definitely avoid. And you know, one of the things, and I, I am certainly jealous probably as is everybody else that you know i'll i'll occasionally road test a car for a week maybe sometimes even just a little bit longer and i you know i'll get i've been doing this for a whole bunch of years so i'll get a good feeling of the vehicle but you guys own the vehicles and you guys kind of live with them day in and day out before you really render an opinion which i think really makes it something special yeah, that's, that's a great point. At Consumer Reports, we buy all of the products that we test. Occasionally, we will rent a new model from a manufacturer just to get an idea of what it's like, but we never take a rented model and, and do any testing, or it doesn't appear in our ratings. So all the models that in Consumer Reports ratings are ones that we bought, and we, we live with them for about 12 months. We probably put anywhere from six to almost 20,000 miles on them. And, and it isn't just instrumented testing on our track. I mean, we do zero to 60 and braking and, and fuel economy and all that other stuff. But we live with these cars day in and day out. We, we take them to Home Depot. We take them to the grocery store. We take them on vacation. We, we put our kids in them, whether they're, they're grown like my kids or a number of my colleagues have young kids that are still in child safety seats. So we're always installing seats and, and seeing what, what, how family-friendly these cars are. So, you know, we, we really do you know, live and breathe our car experience. 
And, you know, one of the things that we've been saying when we talk about cars, and I probably stole it from somebody else, was, you know, you have to road test the tech as much as you road test the cars today. And one of your folks, uh, Kelly Funkhauser, you know, she she's, I've met her a couple times now, and she really kind of looks at the tech part of the car as much as the, the, the other parts of it. And, you know, is your iPhone going to work with the car? Is the Android going to work with the car? Is some of the safety systems going to work the way that maybe the advertising says it is? Yeah, I know. Kelly is awesome. She's super smart. She's studying uh, the the latest tech in cars, and that is, is about mostly about advanced driver safety. Uh, we have we put a million dollars in building a, a driving loop at our closed course uh, track. It, it'll allow us to like better determine the, the efficiency of these advanced uh, driver safety systems, such as lane centering assistance, adaptive cruise control, uh, driver monitoring, and all that stuff. So we are, we are bracing for the future. It's coming. It has a lot more hands-off stuff. Stuff which which has its own you know pros and cons obviously and as you mentioned a lot more stuff going on with electric vehicles. Yeah, absolutely. And you know I'm I'm looking at I guess the you know part of the magazine the brands that make the best cars and I got to tell you a surprise to see BMW at the top of the list when I mean I love BMWs they're great to drive. I I never really considered them the best car, but uh, seeing them at the top of the list is pretty interesting. You know what what they do what they do is I think some of the German models kind of go through these surges of like really good reliability and then kind of just so so reliability. And I think BMW is one of those manufacturers. You don't always know exactly how they're going to turn out. Kind of like Audi. Sometimes I mean last year Audi came in like third in. In, in, in brand uh, in overall brand ranking, and this year they dropped to ninth. I mean, ninth is still pretty good when you consider we're looking at 32 manufacturers. And last year BMW was number two, and now they're number one. Um, so the, the BMWs typically do really well in our testing. Uh, owners have reported, uh, you know, at least average reliability, which is actually pretty good. Uh, but they've also got a big bump in owner satisfaction. I mean, when you're talking about what makes up a good car or a good brand, it is all of those things. It's road test score, it's reliability, it's owner satisfaction, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's easy to recommend a number of BMW models. Yeah, it really, it really is these days. I, I think you're right, and, and you know, the idea that BMW reliability has kind of varied over over the years, and even when maybe their reliability wasn't great, they were still they were still awfully good cars to drive, and I think that made that made a real difference. I I happen to be, have the luxury right now of driving a BMW iX, and it's the uh, it's the M series, so it is one of the smoothest, fastest vehicles I ever drove. It just happens to be electric, which makes it really interesting. You, you know, I, I think you and I have, have probably fond memories of, of cars of the of the 60s and 70s and the whole era of muscle cars and a 427 Shelby Cobra and stuff like that. All of these electric cars put those old muscle cars on a trailer. I mean, as, as you know as well as anybody else, the the acceleration from a lot of these EVs is just fierce. It's 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 mind boggling. Yeah, I think you and you say that put it on a trailer. I think if you were if you took this car and and it's not in the US set up to tow, but I think if you put a trailer behind this car and put a 
you know, 351 Mustang on the trailer, it would beat a new, you know, a new Mustang in a drag race. You know, <laughs> probably. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the fastest the 351 Mustang had ever gone. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So it is, it is really, it is really sort of interesting. So when you know, when it comes down to you know, looking at the top picks, there are still some very traditional cars in the top picks. You know, looking looking at the the small car category, the Corolla Hybrid. I mean, the Corollas. Is it the is it the most popular selling nameplate in the world? I, I think I think it is. I think there, a few years ago it surpassed the, the Volkswagen Beetle as being the the top seller. I mean, obviously Volkswagen stopped tell, selling the traditional Beetle a long time ago, but but for for many many years the Beetles was num- the Beetle was number one, and the Corolla I think uh, has has zoomed past. And the Beetles were pretty good too, but you know that's a different topic. So <laughs> yeah. Um, we all, we all get a little in the well. We're not in the car yeah. business if we don't have a certain amount of nostalgia, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And um, you know the the, the one that um, the next one down in the sort of subcompact SUV category is a car I have never driven, which is the Corolla Cross, and I've read a lot about it. And it it is it is a it's a just a, it's a it's a very functional, very good car. I mean, Toyota's smart. They're, they're taking a really good platform like the Corolla, and, and they're, they're making more of it. I mean, they're, they're doing, the obviously, as you mentioned, the, the, the Corolla Hybrid, but the Corolla Cross is one of those cars that, for people that want a little bit more space, they don't want a gigantic SUV like a Chevrolet Tahoe, but they need more utility than just sort of a small uh, four-door car. And, and the Corolla Cross is, is one of those cars on Consumer Reports' top picks list that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. Starting around you know, $23,000, delivers about 28 miles per gallon overall in Consumer Reports testing. It does a lot of things well, including that awesome t- uh, traditional reliability from Toyota. Yeah, it really is. I mean, when people, you know, people used to ask me about Toyotas all the time, and I would say, I would say to them, they're they're super reliable. Maybe there's not a lot of passion in the vehicle, but if you're just looking for something to get in every day, it's going to start up, it's going to do everything you want to do. You know, the Corolla, you know, even the most basic Corolla was was a perfect vehicle for that. Again, it didn't, yeah. it didn't, you know, if it was, you know, if it was ice cream, it'd be like low-fat vanilla. But it was, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was a very good car to, you know, own and drive. Yeah, my, my kids are, are like are around college age, and so um, the the parents of my my kids' friends are, are talking to me about getting used cars for their for their you know driving age yeah. kids, and, and 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 every almost every time it's like, have you looked up a used Corolla? Because they they are really fuel efficient, and and the later models have tons of safety features, so it's it's an easy car to recommend. It it really is, and and that must be you know part of part of your job with what you do. I'm sure every time you go somewhere, people are like, hey Mike, what should I buy? What you know? What do you think of this? And um, you know, the the answers are always the answers are always not that simple. Uh, exactly, and it depends what your situation is. It depends what what you need a car for. It depends what your budget is, and all that stuff. And it, it, you, you're very kind in saying that. You know, people are always asking me questions. My brother's a doctor, and he's gotten into the habit of going to, to a new social situation and not telling anyone what he does for a living. Because inevitably, somebody's saying, "Oh yeah, I got a pain in my neck. My leg hurts." Like, you know, so he just tries to keep it quiet. But but I'm I'm a blabbermouth, so I'm always talking. 
Well, that's, that's okay. And one of one of my other favorite vehicles that's on your pick list here is the is the Maverick pickup truck, uh, the hybrid version. Uh, just it, you know, I, I'm still not sure how Ford did it. Yeah, I've, I've 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 been I've done a number of of interviews about Consumer Reports April issue, and 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 the Ford Maverick Hybrid is the, is the one that I always talk about when someone says, well, "What what surprised you about this top picks list?" And I you know seeing the the early edits of the magazine, obviously, and when the Maverick Hybrid was mentioned, I thought, "Wow, this is something special." I mean, when you're rooting for the home team like Ford, you want a pickup truck, but you don't need something huge like an F. 150. Um, you can look at a Maverick Hybrid, which starts around $22,000. And get this, it got 37 miles per gallon overall in Consumer Reports testing. I mean, I, I know it's not a huge truck that you can't tow a, a massive Airstream trailer with, but but for utility of, of, a, of, a, of a homeowner, um, the Maverick is really tough to beat. It really is, and I, I've seen a few of them around uh, as work vehicles. I remember the very first one I saw was an electrician was using it, and I just happened to see him, and I said, hey, what do you think of the truck? And he goes, this has been the perfect truck for me. He says, I don't carry a lot of stuff. He said, most of the stuff gets delivered to the job site. He said, I just need to bring my tools with me. I love the idea. It's a four-door. I can lock stuff in the back of it when I do need to run down to the parts house to pick up a you know fuse box or something like that he said it's easy enough to throw it in the back he said this has been a perfect vehicle and and the gas mileage just makes it so easy to live with and uh you know really really pretty amazing that i think you know ford ford built it and built it for the price they they're selling it for too bad too bad they can't they can't build them fast enough yeah I don't mean to dip into the nostalgic bandwagon again, but in the 70s, there were a whole lot of small pickup trucks. Toyota and Nissan, or back then it was called Datsun, uh, sold small pickup trucks. There was the Chevy Love. There was the Ford Courier. And then just all the trucks got bigger and bigger. Even the Toyota Tacoma is a pretty big truck. Uh, I think the world can can use more small trucks like the Maverick or, or the the Hyundai um, uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, just, just for you know the reasons I already mentioned. I mean, not everybody needs... A, a hulking beastly truck yeah you're you're right and i i am glad to see the santa cruz i'm glad to see the maverick because for years i i was on the same bandwagon as you was like you know where's where's a nice affordable small truck that i can run to the store and pick up a big box of something i'm not carrying three thousand pounds of weight i don't need to ever do that i just want something that you know, has a little bit more room in it than the back of my little SUV does. And, you know, and I think these little pickup trucks are right. And, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, you know, the Chevy Love truck, which, eh, you know, wasn't, wasn't, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, all, you know, but the idea that those trucks existed and they were pretty popular. And now when you see, you know, if you happen to, you know, stumble across a, an original Toyota pickup or a Datsun pickup, you kind of look at them and go, you know, those were pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they, they certainly were. And it, well, what's interesting, though, is, is, as you probably know, Subaru used to sell the Baja, which was a, was a small truck. And, and I, I, I'm guessing, you know, the sales just weren't good enough, and they eventually dropped it. So I hope we don't see the same, the same fate with the Hyundai and Ford model. Yeah, I mean, uh, not with the initial, you know, first orders of the of the Maverick so far, at least. You know, certainly that's not the case. Um, one of the one of the more popular vehicles, I think, has been everybody's kind of. Uh, Golden Child is the Kia Telluride, and it's still stacked up really well in your in your uh, picks this year, right? 
you know, when, when, and, and not just this year. I mean, the, the, the Telluride has, has been uh, on our Consumer Reports top picks since it's debuted in, in 2020. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem, 2020 doesn't seem that long ago, but I guess it is. Um, it, it is uh, a vehicle that just does everything well. It is comfortable. It has a really nice interior. It has a smooth and powerful V6. Um, it, 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 Kia has been good about you know doing updates and freshening with it uh, now and again uh, to about 21 miles per gallon, which isn't bad for a three-row SUV. Um, it, the, the Telluride is is such a good vehicle that the model that Consumer Reports tested was saved by was kept by the tire testing group because they needed an SUV to test tires, and and they're like, oh yeah, we'll take the Telluride. So. Our tested Kia Telluride is still at the track, and I can't imagine how many miles it has on it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's pretty tough, and and uh, kind of right below that category, the Santa Fe Hybrid, um, Hyundai, uh, and Kia are sort of related in corporate structure, so you see a lot of overlap. But the Santa the Santa Fe by itself is a pretty impressive vehicle as a hybrid or a, or a plug-in hybrid, even more impressive. Uh, 30 miles uh, per gallon overall in Consumer Reports testing for the standard uh, Santa Fe. The, the hybrid, uh, the plug-in hybrid, gives you about 31 miles of range. Uh, it has a the, the hybrid gets a 226 horsepower turbocharged four-cylinder engine. So you know, you, normally you think about a hybrid, you might think of of, of a, like a Toyota Prius, which has never been about you know performance or acceleration or anything. So you kind of look at Hyundai and like, wow, you're, you're putting a turbocharged engine along with a hybrid system for your for your Santa Fe. And that's that's pretty clever, and 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 the car performed really well in Consumer Reports testing. I mean, it's got a roomy cabin. It's super easy to use controls, which uh, you know more and more the, the the cars that I get into these days are super complicated. And and uh, you know not to, to discredit this, but they're also including blind spot warning, lane keeping assist, and lane departure warning as standard safety features, and that's also a really good thing. Yeah, it really is. And one of one of the ones, you know, people think, you know, they're going out, you know, as people go out car shopping. I know a couple people, uh, and and one woman, she'll she'll say it to me every time. I don't want to buy a. Uh, an electric car from a tech company. I want to buy it from a car company because I think car companies do a better job of building cars than tech companies do. But the Tesla Model Three uh, kind of hit a home run, right? You know, everybody wants to talk about Tesla. I mean, everybody wants to talk about EVs. Uh, they're still only about five percent of the market. They keep going up, and there's certainly a future for EVs. Uh, but but Tesla is certainly the golden child of electric vehicles. Uh, we found uh, that our, our Model Three was getting uh, 358 miles of cruising range and a full charge. That's the you know the top of the line Model Three. That is awesome. 358 miles for an EV is is amazing. You mentioned about the incredible acceleration from electric vehicles. The Model Three is right there with you. It is super quick. It actually has excellent steering, good handling. And, and the best part, and I think this is one of the reasons that Consumer Reports kind of you know tipped their hat to, to the Model 3, is, is the Tesla supercharging network. I mean, Tesla was very smart to build to start building an infrastructure for their cars, and, and that alone should make people probably consider a Tesla if they're in the market for an electric vehicle. They're doing a lot of things well, um, and, and you, know, you just, you just got to keep, keep watching what what are they going to be up to next? Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you you know that. Well, I don't know. I I think uh, you know the the uh, the Cybertruck 
or whatever it's called, you know, maybe someday we'll see it, and maybe someday we'll see their quarter of a million dollar roadster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, right now if they're building, you know, if they're building uh, the vehicles, they're building, and they're, they seem to be doing so well, and uh, you know, and I, I've yet to talk to anyone who's who's been unhappy with one, and they just keep. They just tend to keep buying, buying more of them when they, you know, keep them for a while and then kind of move on from there. You know, it is again. There, it's such a rich publication. This April edition, everything from you know things you should say no to at the car dealership. You know, it, I'm still I'm still amazed that car dealers are trying to still sell paint sealant and nitrogen filled tires and things like that. But uh, I guess it's still out there, and, and they want to just kind of roll it into the payment process. You know, it's it's. In some ways, it's kind of easy money for, for the dealers. These kinds of add-ons don't really cost them much money, and they can charge a lot for them. Uh, I know here in, in Connecticut, when, when, you're, when you buy a car in Connecticut, the dealer is required to offer you VIN etching. That's you know, etching your vehicle yep. identification number and glass and various parts of your, of your car. Um, you are not required to take it. And so I've bought, I don't know, 162 cars for the Consumer Reports test program. And, and sometimes VIN etching is, is pre-printed on the purchase order, which is kind of obnoxious. But you just take your pen, you cross it out, and say, I'm, I'm not going to pay that. Yeah. And, uh, but but they're, they're always kind of pushing it. Uh, you don't have to take it. You don't really need it. Uh, you're right about rust-proofing and fabric protection and, and nitrogen. So, I mean, it, it, it is all just kind of... Profit and I don't want to say greed, but but listen, buying buying cars has always been tough. Car dealers have always had a bad reputation. I got to tell you, anecdotally, from my own experience trying to buy cars throughout COVID, it's definitely gotten worse. Supplies are limited, prices are up. Dealers don't want to negotiate for nothing, and uh, it's it's been a very very tough time, certainly for us, just just to buy a test car. Yeah, and and like you pointed out, you've bought you know a hundred and. 60 cars you know most people in their lifetime maybe buy you know half a dozen or 10 or something and let's face it the dealers are a whole about a lot better at selling than you are at buying <laughs> well you know listen they've got they've got the product and and it's and it's limited it kind of reminded me of honda dealers in the 80s when everybody wanted a honda and honda just wasn't simply they just weren't building many and and the dealers said listen you want you want the car that everybody else wants. Well, this is the price. You take you take it or leave it. Because if you don't buy it, somebody else will. And that's what's going on right now. I think that supplies are going to catch up. I think uh, supply chain issues and microchips and all that stuff is going to catch up. Car makers are going to start building more cars like they usually do, and you're going to start seeing dealers advertising cars for you know you know at sticker price or below sticker or rebates and blah 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 like they have always done in in the traditional marketplace but but still right now i mean i i'm having the darndest time trying to trying to buy some te- i mean first of all we can't get them and if we can get them i, I mean i'm trying to buy a, a, a new prius for the test program there's a dealer that wanted six thousand dollars over msrp for a prius mm. okay i know it's a good call i know it's fuel efficient consumer reports reliability ratings they're they're lights out they're really really good but Grand over for a Prius? Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, I mean it, it's 
you know, especially where there is, you know, when the when the Prius was the only hybrid around, you know, and and gas got expensive, spiked high for whatever that period was. Maybe you could sort of understand it, but there are a lot of hybrid choices around right now, and to be trying to get six grand over over sticker is is crazy. You mentioned, you know, you know, surprises and disappointments. You know, the the Maverick was a a very pleasant surprise. What was there one disappointment in the in kind of the latest 2023 car lineup that you can think of? Well, I get, I, you know, sometimes we we get consumer reports uh, get some grief because not more say American cars or I should say American branded cars aren't on the on our top picks list. Uh, so it's good to see Ford and obviously Tesla yeah. is, is is an American car. Um, so so I suppose th- there there are some there's some. I don't know if concern, but but I think the domestics should can can do probably better in their reliability uh, homework. Um, but but when people say, "Well, I want to buy American," a lot of these cars are actually built in the United States. So so maybe if I have any disappointment, maybe it's it's a lack of of, of Detroit uh, showing up and and really knocking it out like they sometimes can do. Uh, I mean the, the 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 redesigned Chevrolet Corvette did really well in consumer reports testing. We love this car. Uh, it actually came out to be about average and reliability, but it doesn't have standard safety features, so we can't recommend it. Now, mm. we'd love to recommend the Corvette, because mm. honestly, we love driving it. But, but uh, you know, Chevrolet, and, and, as well as, as every manufacturer in the world, has to step up their game when it comes to standard safety features. And, you know, if they care about getting a Consumer Reports recommendation, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've, we've, covered, the whole, we've covered the whole car you know, section here, uh, the Consumer Reports issue. It's the April issue. It's out now. Uh, Jesse and I, before the break, were talking about how the Red Sox managed to um, uh, win win their second game, kind of in a uh, in a real crazy way, a little pop up fly that bounced out of the player's glove. Um, you know, in your in your mixology background, do you have a good cocktail for that guy that he probably was probably feeling bad afterwards? <laughs> something, something strong and straight up. Uh, I have a, a recipe for a Vesper martini made famous by James Bond, and uh, that guy can come over. I'll sit him down. I'll pour him one of these, and after a while, he won't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, Mike, always a pleasure talking to you about everything automotive. Uh, thank you for taking a little time out of your Sunday and joining us on the Car Doctor program. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Take care, Mike. Uh, We need to take a break and pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Our phone number is 781-837-4900. Give us a call. Phone lines are open. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. You make it big in motorsports, but the real reward for most is the thrill of the adrenaline and the chance to hold the checkered flag. I'm Miles Heger. The excitement and danger of motor racing are the reasons drivers love to race and why fans show up. 
Join me and my guests each week as we discuss the local short tracks while also sharing opinions and insight on NASCAR's National Series. Tune in to Miles on Motorsports Tuesday nights at 7 here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor on 95.9 WATD. Now back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. If you would like to give us a call, 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Last week we had all the calls stack up in the last few minutes of the program, so if you want to give us a call and chat about what's on your mind about your car, 781-837-4900 is our number. Um, got an email this week. A person has a 2015 Kia Optima. At the time of the purchase, the car had 52,000 miles on it, and it was purchased at a used car dealer. The car now has 116, almost 117,000 miles on it. The car has been recalled due to an engine problem, and the dealer did not complete the recall, and they say they've never received a recall notice. As a result of the recall not being completed, the engine seized and needed to be replaced. Their question is, is the dealer responsible for the cost of the engine replacement, or am I? Well... The recall that never was completed, I guess, was the knock sensor recall. The knock sensor recall didn't do anything for the engine, really. What it really did was it listened to engine knock, just like spark knock would happen if you don't use the right fuel, and it would listen to engine knock, and if it started to detect some noise, bearing wear noise, it would turn on a check engine light, and the engine would reduce power, so it literally didn't explode. And... The idea that the recall the recall didn't do anything really to preserve the engine because the engine was broken to start off with, um, if that happened. Uh, there was a bunch of class action suits, warranty extensions, things like that. Um, the, extend, the warranty, in some cases, the lower half of the engine, so what's called a short block, the piston, crankshaft, all that sort of stuff, um, those parts have a long warranty, and um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe maybe it can get, you know, maybe you can get somewhere with that, but the idea that there's no, you know, it's out of warranty, it's well out of the factory warranty, which is uh, five years or 60,000 miles, so I honestly think you're going to be on the hook for it, because uh, the other thing is you have to prove that you've done all the regular oil change maintenances, maintenance to the vehicle to get any kind of warranty assistance, so unless you can come up with the first 52,000 miles of uh, oil change receipts, and the last 60. 70,000 miles worth of oil change receipts, uh, you're probably going to be responsible for replacing the engine. Our phone number again is 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. Uh, let's talk to Pat from Marshville. Good morning, Pat. Hello. Hello, Pat. Yes. Hi. Hi. Oh, uh, you want to hear about my uh, issue? I want to hear, uh, well, as long as it's automotive-related and not something else. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, no, yes, it is. I have an uh, 06 Volvo XC70, 175,000 miles on it. Uh, love the car. But for the last several winters, when it's cold out, 
that automatic transmission thing, it takes, I have to let the car run for 30 or 40 minutes before I can shift it out of park and go on my way. Now, possibly related to this, several years ago, I was parked in a parking lot where some other trucks usually park. Okay. After my walk, I came back to the car, and there was two inches all over the floor of the front seat of my car of Coca-Cola. So it, it didn't dawn on me until I started looking things up that possibly if some of that Coke that they dumped all over the floor of my car could be caused. Other than that, like I said, I'm just waiting now for the weather to get warmer, and this will disappear. And my good mechanics over the years have, you know, just said, you know, uh, let it go. But I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts on what causes this? It's just in the winter. And when I say 30 minutes, I mean 30 minutes, and then it will shift out of uh, park. Other than that, you know, the car is in uh, good shape. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it, it really, you can't just, you can't physically move the shifter, huh? It will not shift unless that car has been running on a car. Even this morning, I went out to do early voting. I had to let that thing run 30 minutes before it will mm. shift out of uh, park. Now, I've looked things up, things like I've seen solenoid. I've seen something to do with the ignition, you know, like occasionally yep. when I, you know, uh, turn the car off, I have to jiggle it like crazy or in fact, restart the car and then try to, you know, turn the key mm -hmm. all the way off to the off position. But like I said, I love the car. Uh, I won't get rid of it. Right. It, this is every winter this happens. Yeah. And once the warm weather comes, it usually doesn't happen. So I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about uh, yeah, what's I mean, causing this or the cost to repair it. Or yeah, I mean, it's going to be all kind of time having somebody look at it. And I think, you know, based on your tip about the Coca-Cola spill, Coca-Cola, you know, the, sh the sugar and other chemicals that are in Coca-Cola can be somewhat acidic and... It may have caused some problems in inside where the shifter is. There's two different shift cables that are inside there, and maybe that mechanism inside there is just is kind of gummed up and dirty. And the first thing you need to do is disassemble all that and clean it and see what's going on. And then there's also a printed circuit board in the gear selector, uh, you know, assembly in there. So, you know, look at that and make sure there's not something crazy going on. The temperature tells me it's not necessarily an electronic thing because if it was electronic it would it would it would act it would act a little bit differently i think it's more mechanical i think there's just something literally sticking inside there that's that's gummed up and you know and and gooey but i think the only way to fix it is to take it apart and see what's there that doesn't look correct anymore Right. No, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I guess I'm just concerned about, you know, what the, uh, you know, cost for something like that yeah. would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it, it's, it's a couple hours labor to just take the gear shift assembly apart and look at it. And if they, and if they decide that it's the, the, um, 
the shift lever itself, or if it's the, or if it's the, uh, the the housing underneath there. I mean, those parts go anywhere from a hundred to four hundred dollars. So I mean, you could easily spend a thousand dollars to try to figure out what's wrong with this. Oh, that's that's just to figure it out. Correct. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you're you're going to spend you're going to spend a you know three hundred two hundred fifty dollars three hundred dollars to just take it apart and look and look to see what's there and if someone says you know we saw a lot of issues with the shifter cable well that's going to be another 50 or 60 to install a cable well the shifter lever knob itself looks like that might be a problem so that's another 150 dollars so you know unless you see something real definitive that you know, oh, of course, there it is. We just needed to look a little bit further. But if it's kind of a little bit of guessing at the same time, um, and the good, th- you know, I guess the only good thing is that maybe when you leave it at your good garage or, or you know, maybe even the dealership, although it's kind of old for the dealership, uh, but at, at a, a garage that's familiar with these cars, it's still going to, it's still cool enough now where they can leave it outside and check it while it's broken, uh, which is a whole lot easier than, you know, once it all warms up and it all seems to work fine. So if they can, if you can leave it someplace, yeah, if you can leave it someplace overnight, well, the nights are still cool when they get in in the morning go, oh, this is what she's talking about. That's the way to do it. Well, uh, thanks for uh, uh, hearing me out. Yeah, um, yeah. And there was was a good independent Volvo repair shop kind of on the Rockland Hanover line. I don't know if there's... I oh. think they're still there, yeah. Yeah, so um, you, you might... Rockland yeah. Hanover yeah. line. Yeah, right on the Rockland... Yeah, 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 it's a, yeah he, he's he been been around forever. Um, and I think and I think it was... I think it was... Could be Hanover, could be Rockland, but I'm going to say it's Rockland. And... Um, you think I if think. I just kind of Googled it and did a little bit of research, it would pop up? What's yeah, the yeah. Station? A mechanic, no, it's, a no, it's, a, it's a, a, a WCS Automotive is the name of it. WCS Automotive. Automotive. Yeah, and they're, they're on Rockland. They're right on 139, as I recall. And uh, they've been around. I, I met him 35 years ago when he was fixing Volvos. So, uh, no kidding. You know, yeah. Oh no! So been, I like this yeah. this uh, car. It's uh, you, you know, it's seventeen years old, but I love this car. Uh, it's a good car. No, it's, no. Uh, uh, well, you know, no reason not to get rid of it, and a good reason to get it fixed. And you know, maybe maybe call uh, his 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 name is Wally, the guy who runs the shop, and uh, give him a call and see what he says. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks again. Uh, All for right. Your time. I All right. Take care. All right. Bye bye now. Bye. Let's see. We're going over to where are we going. We're going over to Jim. Hey, Jim. Hi, John. Nice to talk to you again. Nice um, to talk you to had, you, you as well. To, you had to bring up the Red Sox at the end of the call, I, uh, Mike. Well, it's like yeah. 67, it's like the '67 Red Sox cardiac kids. Two games <laughs> in already. Well, you know, you know, and I was just, I was just saying to Jesse that. Um, even, you know, even where, you know, I'm, you know, hide, hiding in Florida right now, and um, there's a, a sports bar across the street, almost across the street from where I live, and the woman the woman who owns it is actually from Salem, and there's a lot of, uh, we'll, call, we'll call them Massachusetts expats that go there, and on a bad Red Sox day, you know, two beers later, 
they love the Red Sox again. So I guess it's you know one one thing about Boston fans we we hate and love our teams, you know, equally. So I guess it's okay. Okay. Well, I'm do I'm calling on a follow up on the center I called you a couple of weeks ago with yep. the uh, transmission that was gone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dealer wants six thousand dollars to repair it. I've got a fairly good friend who was offered to help me in his garage. He doesn't have a lift though. Uh, to put a new one in, and I'm just wondering if, I mean, I, I to buy a new car for her, a, a good used car for her is going to cost a lot more than the four thousand to to replace this transmission. Mm. Is it above our capabilities of doing it? I mean, I've done a lot. He's done a lot. He's you know he's pulled engines out and put them back in again twice. They made a mistake when they when they did the uh, head over and stuff that uh, he had to do it twice. Does the CVT transmission? mean bigger problems or is that just the same as a regular transmission anyways it's, it's it's just i mean as far as the you know taking it apart and putting it back together you know watch a lot of youtube videos i guess is the best thing to do so you can get some tips because because of the way it sits you need to support the engine uh because you know the transmission sort of holds the engine up at the same time so unlike a you know a conventional you know old-fashioned car with the front engine and rear-wheel drive where you could just unbolt the drive shaft and take the transmission out and not have to worry about the engine. You know, the engine in this is kind of sitting sideways, so you have to you have to make sure that the engine's not going to go anywhere. Um, is it, you know, at the end of the day, it's just nuts and bolts, um, but it's a fairly sophisticated transmission, and it may need, and I'm not sure about this, but it may need, once it's installed, it may need a little bit of reprogramming. Oh, they definitely did mention yeah, that when, yeah, I, yeah. when I talked yeah. to them about it. Is, now, yeah. is that scanner proprietary to, to Nissan, or can I buy a, a good scanner that will do a lot, you know, like, uh, um, program fobs and everything yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, you can... Am I getting in my head over with that, too? Well, um, it, it's kind of funny. When right to repair first you know, started and it was, you know, open information for everybody kind of thing. Um, one of the scanners that, the factory scanner that a friend of mine kept trying to buy was the Nissan, Nissan scanner. And they said, oh, yeah, they're available. Or, or they said, oh, the software is all available, but you need to use our scanner. And the problem is he couldn't buy the scanner. Now there's companies like Autel, which makes these really good um, scanners that have, this capability and it looks like they're going to be the scanner of record sort of if you will for right to repair now you know some of the other companies that have bi-directional scanners um i don't know that it's going to have the capability to do to download software though so um you know this you know certainly you could install the transmission and maybe if you need to, then have it towed to the dealer to have them program it, if programming is really necessary. Well, they, they did tell me it was. It was about yeah. almost $300 to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And unless you really have the need to go out and buy a you know, $2,000 scan tool, it might be worth spending the $300 to have them program it. Okay, and, and would those scanners do fobs, reprogram them, or that's a different uh, scanner altogether? <laughs> you know, it, it, some of them do, some of them don't. You know, it's funny. I looked at one the other day from some Chinese company that I'd never heard of, and if you believe 
what it said in all of the directions, the thing could reprogram key fobs. It could do tire pressure monitoring. It could reset speedometers. It could, you know, I was looking at it. I'm like, this thing's amazing for $600. Now, you know, wow. it's... Um, you know the big the big print giveth and the little print taketh away kind of thing. So you know sometimes you kind of look at that and you go, well yeah that looks good, but is it really going to work? And yeah. you know and and I wasn't able and and frankly I wasn't going to spend my six hundred dollars to find out. So um, but uh, I I did actually write to the company and ask them you know if they'd send it to me because it looked pretty impressive, but I never heard back. So probably too good to be true. Probably, probably the case. So, you know, is you know, is putting a transmission in this car over your skill level? I think the two of you working together could probably get it done. Like I said, I would, I would, you know, watch a lot of videos just to look for little, little, little issues you want to look at. Make sure that there's nothing, nothing kind of, you know, that you should know up front. Uh, but other than that, other than that, I think you're okay. All right, I, I did watch a few videos, and it, it didn't look all that hard. I mean, some of them had, you know, fancy um, uh, equipment to lower the transmission yeah. out that it fit into. But I figured, well, we can Mickey Mouse something probably. Um, yeah. So okay. Yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, you know, not to promote Harbor Freight too heavily, but you can buy a pretty decent transmission jack at Harbor Freight for fairly short money or you can buy an adapter for a regular jack if you have a regular floor jack and or you can make up or you can make up something that will yeah. you know kind of cradle cradle the transmission and be able to get it out so you know all right i appreciate your all right put on it I all right guess I'll, i just have to get it from bangor maine down to here well uh i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to say is there any easy way probably not but yeah no yeah, and it, it's over two hundred miles. I have the two hundred miles on on AAA, but uh, it's it's over. It's about two hundred and forty miles. Well, you know, and uh, and I don't even you know over that you know we'll do the two hundred miles of towing, and you know the other forty it's three dollars a mile maybe. Oh, you know we we will. I mean we will tow it the rest of the way. We'll just you just have okay. to you just have to pay for the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, okay. I'll, I'll consider, all right. Thanks very much, John. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye bye. And sorry, sorry to disappoint everybody with the Red Sox story, but uh, you know, one way, you know, if I, if Jesse, if you won half the time, you'd be happy, right? Sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Why don't we take another break? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doc Program. If you want to join us, seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. Phone lines are open. We will be right back. Quality. It's a word that most people don't use when they talk about painters, but our customers do. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart from Stewart Painting, and we take great pride in providing quality work. To us, quality means that our professional team shows up on time and gets the job done to your complete satisfaction. We do our work on time, clean up, respect your property, and leave you to enjoy your beautiful, newly painted home. We are committed to our customers, the community, and to quality. At Stewart Painting, quality is not a word we use lightly. It has been one of our guiding principles for over 35 years. So please, call Stuart Painting today at either our Hingham or Hyannis offices to schedule your free estimate. Or, to receive a virtual quote, visit StuartPaint.com. Select a virtual quote now, send it to our sales team, and receive a price within 24 hours. And remember, Stuart Painting. Expect the best. 
AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program. And uh, the AAA commercial reminded me, if you want to learn more about electric vehicles, uh, AAA has a new website. uh, Try AAA.com slash EV, and it should get you there. And you should be able to find out, or you can just go to AAA.com and Click around a little bit, and you can find all the other stuff that's on the AAA website. But this new electric vehicle website, uh, the, the folks who put it together put a lot of effort into it. It's got a lot of interesting stuff, and uh, you can you can do a lot of comparisons. See see how see if an electric vehicle is uh, is kind of in your um, you know in your sights of something you want to get. I, I have to say this: uh, BMW iX electric vehicle is a very impressive car, way out of my price range, but. So ridiculously fast very comfortable um i i took it out last night and i uh took it to an event um and there was two electric vehicle charging stations there and they were both full so i couldn't charge up i couldn't charge up there um and that's kind of one of the issues it's uh it's only as good as where your charging outlets are located um i'm able to charge on 110 volts which charges really really slow um but on 240 volts or faster uh it's got pretty pretty quick uh charge up times uh let's go to tom pembroke good morning tom Hey, John. Uh, real quick, um, I remember hearing years ago with an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive car, you have to replace all the tires at the same time, like if you had a blowout or something. There is. It depends on the manufacturer and how the all-wheel drive system works. So if it's, in a lot of cases, if it's a front-wheel drive-based all-wheel drive system, um a lot of times you can get away with just replacing maybe the two front. So you're definitely going to replace two. No question yeah. about that. So if you mm-hmm. had if you had uh, three good tires that were, say, you know, had 25% wear, 30% wear, and you blew out one of the tires, you would be better off replacing the two, put the, put the, put the two, put two matching ones you know, either up front or up back. Always ideal to put the two new ones in the back just because they're most likely to get where the flat tires are going to happen. But um, it makes sense. Some cars, Subaru, for instance, a few years back actually put out a bulletin that said, we recommend, and it's percentage of wear. It depends how much how wear is on the tires, uh, that they would say it's really a good idea to replace all four tires because if not, you can stress the transfer case. Jeeps were known to do that. A lot of people put mismatched tires on Jeeps, and all of a sudden, you know, sometime later, all of a sudden the transfer case was going bad, uh, and and it was like, well, what caused that? Well, you got two different size tires on the car. Even some of the big uh, online tire companies like Tire Rack, what they would do if you had if you had 
you know, really expensive tires on an all-wheel drive vehicle and you ruin one, they would actually shave down the new one so it matched the, oh, wow. height, of, matched the height of the other three. So instead of having to buy four tires, you only had to buy one, and they just kind of... You got it partially worn, if you will, because it would match the height of the other tires. So that could save you a little bit of money. But it depends on the manufacturer. Some some are very specific. They'll say you have to do it. And some of the good websites, like uh, Sullivan Tires website, for instance, or Tire Rack's website, I believe right on there it says which um, all-wheel drive vehicles need to have you know tires replaced in sets. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Subaru. I bought a new Forester, and that leads to my next question. If I buy the tire and wheel deal from them or AAA, would they cover all four wheels, tires, I mean? That's a good question. I'm willing to bet the answer is they cover a pair, not a set of four. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. was going to buy it through AAA and then. I probably should just call them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I can I can uh, you know if you want to if you want to shoot me an email or something at my work email, which is jpaul at aaa northeast dot com, and oh, I good. can actually I can actually get I'll I'll the guy who's the uh, I guess he's the director of that department. Uh, he can give me, he can give me the lowdown on that. We. We talk pretty regularly anyway, so, uh, but uh, my email, jpaul at aaanortheast.com, and, um, you know, our wheel and tire coverage is, um, you know, also includes key fob coverage, and uh, depending on the age of the vehicle, uh, paintless dent removal, so, uh, you know, if you get a shop, if you get a shopping cart ding or something, you know, we'll come out, well, not us, but somebody will come out and <laughs> take take the ding out of it. You don't want me to come out yeah. and take the ding out of it, yeah. <laughs> the ding wizard or something, yeah. Yep. Yeah, somebody, right. somebody, and you know, and I got to tell you, some of these, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in Florida here, you know, I, I have an old, you know, our, our home, if you will, is a old mobile home here in Florida, and, you know, it was right in the middle of the hurricane belt, so I, you know, I got a hurricane and a tornado hit the house, and, um, the car that we leave here is a uh, is my wife's 2015 Volkswagen Beetle, and it got about eighteen hundred dollars worth of damage to the car from stuff falling on it and things hitting it and all kinds of things. But what was yep. fortunate was there was pretty minimal paint scratching. So, but there was a a dent in the left front fender that looked like you took a baseball bat and swung at the fender, and uh, and there was a dent in the door and a dent in the hood. Um, I had a body shop look at the three three dents, and they said, "Oh yeah, you know, you're looking at about eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars to do it." I took it to uh, a dent wizard, if you will, the 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 uh, Sarasota Ding Doctor, I think he's called. <laughs> uh, has a little shop in actually Venice, Florida, and I went up there and I left him the car for the day. He took out the three three dents. Um, for you know, nine hundred dollars was a lot of money, but on the other hand, he took out the three dents for nine hundred dollars, and the guy didn't have to go to a body shop. So, yeah, uh, and he yeah. he he was able to do it. So some some of these some of these dent people are are pretty pretty good pretty good the way they do their stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I've seen them uh, heat up bumpers and stuff to oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, no, pretty uh, amazing stuff. Yep, yeah, good to know. I'll send you All an right. email. All right, thank you. Good thing. Yeah. All right, take care. Bye bye. So I got I got this email this morning, and it must be someplace where the weather is nice. Maybe it's in maybe it's in Marshfield. Jesse, is the weather nice today? A little chilly. A little chilly. Yeah. So um, 
It says, I'm writing this email watching my neighbor uh, dry off his car with a leaf blower. Is that a good idea? So somebody must have washed their car and decided to dry it off with a leaf blower. Is that a good idea? Uh, your neighbors might not like it, but it's um, no different than going through a drive through car wash where big vacuums, you know, big blowers blow all the water off the paint. So uh, just be careful you don't scratch the paint. And, uh, uh, That's how you know, I dry you can, off after a shower. Uh, leaf blower? Yeah, get the old leaf blower going. Save on yeah. towels. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, good good idea. I hope I hope it's not the gasoline one though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, you can you can do that. And the other thing is, what's kind of nice if you are washing your car, you know, sometimes little you know leaves and stuff get stuck in little nooks and crannies in your car. The leaf blower, you can blow them all, get it get it all nice and clean, and get it get it all ready. And it's days like you know we get you know Jesse was saying it's going to be chilly tomorrow. Um, but you know, you get you get a couple of warm days, and you know, you decide you're going to get the hose out and wash the car, or run it to the local car wash and come back and clean it, and uh, you know, finish cleaning it up and get a coat of wax on it. Uh, good idea for the spring, and uh, you know, good idea to do it again as you're going into summer. Hey, that music means we have used up an hour of your time. I hope you enjoyed it. Jesse, thanks, as always, for doing the great job you do on the board. And our thanks to Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. Check out the April issue of Consumer Reports, one of the most popular issues and the one that I bring with me everywhere I go. Uh, Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.